Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. So I, I want to introduce uh, uh, a person here today. Some of you, most of you know him. Some of you may not have met him, but Pastor Steve Nally from Napa, come on up. I want you to give him a big hand. He's going to share this morning. This was his vision over 10 years ago in 2000, 2009, yeah. back when we were 29 years old each. Woo! Yeah. Just a few years ago. Best pastor ever. Right, right, here. Right, right here. So he had this vision. I want him to talk about that. And uh, it's, it's been our pleasure to just take that and run with it. But yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Thank you, Pastor. You got the greatest pastor ever, right? Give oh. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Two greatest pastors in American Canyon. He's number one. Pastor Allen. Of Pastor Allen. Amen. Yes. We love yes. Pastor Allen. Yes, yes, We're we so do. glad you're here. Uh, many years ago, I had a dream of seeing uh, Foothill in different communities, American Canyon being one of them. And it was a dream I had. The difference between dreams and goals are goals have, have a timeline on them. Mm -hmm. They have a date uh, mm -hmm. associated with them. Dreams, you can dream for the rest of your life and nothing will ever happen. But if you have a dream and you present it before the Lord, then these goals begin to take shape. Amen. And you're asking yourself, what needs to happen in the next couple of years in American Canyon for us to do this? And so on and so on. And our dream, when I first came to American Canyon, the very first person I met was a pastor of this church. And I said, listen, I want to come to this community. I want to honor you. You've been in this community longer than any other pastor I know of. And you've had the most influence. And we gave him an offering gift, and we said, we want to come to this community, but we will honor you. We wouldn't do anything to hurt you and your church. And we started a relationship with Pastor Allen many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And then we started the church over there. And I remember the two major growth spurts. Uh, we were, we were having, having it at the school, and the Lord was blessing us. And then we, we had Debbie Pastor for a, a yes. period over there. Another great growth spurt. Remember that? As soon as she landed there, immediately the church grew again, and then Pastor Rick came in and it grew again. And I just remember, Lord, I, I, I'm praying for, the, in this case, it was both the Lady of God and a man of God who will take this dream. I, my dream is, is to have a church here, but I can't be everywhere at all times. I needed somebody, Lord, who, who would come over here and, and take on that responsibility. And uh, I said, Lord, I really need to have that happen by a certain time period. And we began to pray, and all of a sudden, the Lord just took Rick and Anna and kicked them out of our church. And it was painful for us. us. We lost such a, a great family. But how many of you know he's he's meant to be here? Hey, Amen. Yeah. He's meant to be here. Yes. So uh, it's dangerous to let a pastor have a mic. Yes, so exactly. Real quickly. Uh, I just want to say uh, it's it's real emotional for me and Pastor Rick because we've been dreaming about it for so long. Um, you know, I've been dreaming of a time to get out of the school and land in a place. Amen. And, and, and Pastor Rick came to me and I was asking him a couple of years ago, we need a place, don't we? And that's what he's asking. I said, I'm going to join in prayer with mm -hmm. you for a miracle, for a place. You know how difficult it is to get a place in a community to start a church. And we began to pray. And the Lord brought us to this wonderful place. Yes. Morning. Amen. Is the Lord good all the time? Yeah. Yes. The Lord good all the time. Amen. And you know what? This this is a great building. I yes. love it. And it's an answer to prayer. Yes. But I'll tell you what. At the end of all this, the bigger part of the dream was you. Mm -hmm. Was you. Look at somebody next to you and say, it's you. You're the dream. You're yes. the dream. Yes. The church is a group of people. It's not a building. Yes. It's a bunch of lovely, spirit-filled 
people, a spiritual family that's healthy, that can connect with one another and grow. Amen? Amen. And so the dream is only to have a building big enough so we can make this family get bigger. How many of you want to see this room even more packed? Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God is good. He's good all the time. And we all know Pastor Anna's really in charge. Amen. And we love Amen. Pastor Anna. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Thank Rick. you. Thank you, love Pastor you, Steve. Love you, man. Give him a big hand again. Amen. Well, this morning I want to speak to you on what dreams are made of. Everybody say that. What dreams are made of? What dreams are made of. Hopefully today, this afternoon, I said this morning, didn't I? I already blew it. Well, this is going to take some getting used to right here. But this afternoon, I want to remind everybody here that all of us have been given dreams at one point or another. You just heard a little bit of Pastor uh, uh, Nally's dream and, uh, and we continue to dream. And he, he explained it very well how it's different than goals. Goals have a timeline. We have a, a time where we're going to hit a goal. But a dream can, can go on for, for sometimes years, even decades. And, and we've seen that possibly in, in our own lives. And uh, how many have ever had a dream? And, and it's, it doesn't happen in your time, but it happens in God's time. And you've seen and you know what I'm talking about this morning. Well, this morning I want to talk to you and I want to use a couple of verses out of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 37, if we can put that up on the screen, verse 5. If you'll stand with me this morning, we're just going to read a couple of verses and uh, we make it really simple for you. It's right behind me or you can pull up your electronic device, your Bible, whatever you may have with you this morning. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5, it's talking about the dreamer. Who remembers the dreamer? Joseph. He was known as the dreamer. Listen to what the word of God says in verse 5. It says, Joseph had a dream. And Joseph, keep in mind, was the youngest of the brothers, okay? And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. And if, if you know the story, he told the dream that they would soon be bowing down to him, the youngest of all these brothers. And they're looking at him, oh yeah? I don't think so. Verse 19, just to show you what they're mindset was says here comes that dreamer they said to each other here comes that dreamer here he comes walking down all mr goody two shoes all that and he's walking up here comes that dreamer let's pray this morning father in heaven we thank you for your word now we pray your blessing that you would give us understanding. Help us, Lord, to remember the dream that you've given us, that you've birthed in us maybe years ago, maybe decades ago. And that, Lord, that, Lord, it's in your time, not in my time, that that will come to pass. So, Father, I pray, be with us this morning and the rest of this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Well, this young man, Joseph, had a dream. How many are thankful that we can have dreams? God can give you and I a dream. How many, just raise your hand if God's given you a dream. Look at that. Look around you. Look at the, look at the faces, the hands up. People, you've received a dream. And, and hold on to that. Because life will beat you up and discourage you at different times throughout your life. Each of us need to have a dream. It's important why you need to have a dream. And I'm going to get into that. This morning, did you know that God cares about your dream? Yes, amen. He really cares about your dream. It's not something that you're hoping for one day when God births in you a dream. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. God really cares about your dream. 
In fact, when, when Anna and I first were booted out, as Pastor Steve eloquently said, and, I, and I've said that here before, we were booted out. Just kidding. Um, and it was September of 2013. It was almost, it was six years ago, five and a half years ago. It doesn't seem that long, but we, we knew this was our home. We knew it right away. We, we felt that, that it was just something, an embrace that the Holy Spirit gave us upon coming here saying, this is your home. And when, when that happens, it's part of the dream. So we, we, we began to, to pray and say, God, what do you want to do with this church? We actually, if you know me, I, I told you this about how we prayed for our house. We specifically wrote down everything we wanted on our house. We did the same thing for church. This was six years ago, or September of 2013. We have a paper at home, and it sits there. And when we prayed, we said, Lord, we want to get out of the school. That wasn't our permanent home. Uh, and I would get a reminder every now and then from Julie Hogan of the Napa Valley Unified School District. Pastor Rick, this isn't your permanent home. Just letting you know that. And, and she was very kind about that. But we never gave him a reason to remove us from there. But at any rate, we, we wrote down these things of what we wanted in the church. We wanted everything you see here today. You, we, wanted, we wanted your faces to be here, number one. What I love, again, about American Canyon, I love the colors of the rainbow in here. Amen? I love that in here. Amen? That's the diversity of American Canyon, Vallejo, surrounding areas, and we have that here. I love that. So that was number one. Number two was all the other things that go along with the church building. We prayed for a church building. We prayed for, for a classroom like what we have over there for the kids, for a playground. We, we prayed for all this. Now, did it happen in, in our timing? No, it was going to happen in God's timing. Yeah. And I'll just show you a little or share with you a little bit. Um, so Pastor Allen and I, Pastor Allen, the pastor of this church, Open Door Church, we've been meeting on and off since about November of last year about the possibility of coming here. And uh, I didn't know this, but Bianca last year had a dream. She's the dreamer in my family, her and Anna. God just speaks through them through dreams constantly. And um, I brought Bianca here when Pastor Allen was showing us this place. And she had never been here. And she walked in and she was just overwhelmed. She said, this is the dream I saw. I saw this exact building in my dream. Can you give the Lord a hand clap? God knows what he's doing. Sometimes we don't. So he, he shared to, with Bianca, this is what I, I have for you. This is part of the dream. This isn't the final end all. There's much more to come. Amen. As Pastor Steve said, we've got, this is our temporary goal right here. It's to my right above that window. It says room capacity. 222 persons. That's our interim goal. We want to go beyond that. How many know that? We want to go beyond that. So again, we, we have to be careful with our dream. Also that we're not a dream killer. We can kill our dream if we're not careful. We can kill our dream. We can, we can be discouraging to our children with our dreams by saying things like, it's never going to happen. I thought it was going to take place in this way or that way. And, and if we're not careful as parents, we can destroy that dream right in front of our children. So parents, grandparents, be careful how you speak in front of your kids when it comes to the dreams that God has given you. Amen? You know, here's what, what the truth is about having a dream. If you want something you never had, 
you got to do things that you've never done before. How many know that? If you want something you've never had, you got to do things that you've never done before. How many have done things out of their comfort zone? Yeah. Right? So you know what I'm talking about this morning. The distance between your re- dreams and reality is called action. It's called action. So we can sit here, stand here, pray and say, Lord, uh, I, I believe this dream. But if we sit there and do nothing... It's never going to happen. It's just a dream. It's just a dream. You have to put action behind, behind that dream. Amen? And here's the other, the other issue is we can often say, yeah, but I love that dream, but I'm so busy. I, I work. I've got a job. I've got this. I've got that. Nobody is that busy. It's all about prioritize, prioritizing your life. And if you prioritize correctly, you can get things done. You can fit things in your schedule that you never thought were possible if you prioritize. And let me just tell you, how many have ever spent uh, hours on Netflix, right? Binging on some show, Law and Order or whatever it may be. So, so don't tell me you're too busy, okay? Because I know that stuff exists. Because I've done it. Do what you have to do until you get to do what you want to do is the other thing about your dreams. Do what you want or what you have to do until you get to do what you want to do. Sometimes God has you in a holding pattern. You know, if you've ever been to an airport and he doesn't have you land yet, sometimes you just have to do this holding pattern. And you're not where you want to go, but you got to be where you need to be at that moment because that's what's safe for you at that moment. Amen? Ask yourself this question also. If what you're doing today is getting you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. Are you doing the things today that are going to get you closer to your goal? If not, you have no one to blame but yourself. God's called you to action, every one of you. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too poor. You're not too rich. God has called every one of us. Amen? Amen. And, and it, really, it's all about believing in yourself. Many years ago, and you all know this story, you know, birds were flying in the air and there was Wilbur and Orville Wright in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina saying, why can't we fly like that? Why can't we fly like that? And they put a dream together. They started to do things to do that. But how many know there were people, their, their best friends coming up to them going, come on, man, if God wanted you to fly, he would have given you feathers, wings, all that business. And they would be discouraging. You ever have a friend like that? That has discouraged your dream? That has tried to squash your dream? And you're going, no, I will not be denied. I know what God has birthed in me. And I will continue. I may not see it right now, but I'm going to continue to believe for this. Amen. You know, we have a dream. We got to stick with it. Got to stick with it. How many, how many remember the first phones as, as children? I was told back then when they had rotary phones um, that there were these rotary phones and, you know, they were on the wall and then you'd pick them up and, you know, you'd be stuck to the wall there. And then pretty soon somebody invented a long cord and you could take that cord and walk into the kitchen and start making tortillas and all good stuff there. And, And you thought you were all that. And then somebody took it above and beyond that and said, well, why not get a portable phone? And you remember the first phones? They were in a suitcase. Yeah. Those first portable phones. You, you could see people, they had a strap, they had an antenna, and it still had a cord to it, to the actual box. And then it, you had to pull up the antenna. 
and you look like a weirdo walking around, you know. And uh, somebody took that dream another step further and said, well, let's make a smartphone. Everybody here today probably has a smartphone. <laughs> Speaking of that, someone once said, the difference between cell phones and people is that cell phones are getting thinner and smarter. Oh. Just thought I'd add that. <laughs> Let me talk to you about the word dream. The word dream. The D in dream this afternoon should distinguish you. That dream that Wilbur and Orville Wright had distinguished them. The dream that Joseph had distinguished him. How many know that in the story, his father gave him a coat of many colors? That distinguished him everywhere he went. His brothers, when they saw him coming, here comes that dreamer. They spotted him a mile away because he was wearing his coat, not of one color, uh, the Bible says of many colors, many colors. And again, a dream should distinguish you. It should mark you. It, there should be something inside of you that, that marks you out differently because you've been given a, a God-given dream. Amen? When we get a dream from God, it will always distinguish you. Always. And if you're here today and you say, I don't have a, I don't have a dream, Pastor Rick. I don't know. I, I've never had a dream like that. Well, then quit hanging out with the guppies and get out of the pond and jump into the ocean and start hanging out with people that think bigger, that have visions, that have dreams. That's what I would tell you. Get encouraged by people like that. There's, there's, uh, there's no denying that when you hang around people like that, God will birth things in you that you never thought were possible before. How many know that? Amen. Amen. You know, just hanging out with those people, hanging out with those people at a table, you can get fat off the crumbs that fall off the table. Just receive that, you know, receiving those dreams, receiving the vision that they have, and you have none, you're here today saying, Pastor, I don't have a dream. Hang out with those people, amen? Distinguish yourself. Number, or R, the, the letter R in dream stands for release your potential. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them, you have potential. But you know what happens with that? Far too many of us, we go like this. We, we push it aside. We push that potential away and say, well, you know, it, it, it's kind of comfortable right here where I'm at. It, I, I'm all right right here where I'm at. You know, I can kind of look back and I remember Pastor Steve, um, we started in 2013 here, but in September of 2013, and it was earlier than that, he, he would tap me on the shoulder and say, uh, Pastor Rick, I think the, God is calling you over there. He would, he would use that line. I think God's calling you over there. And now I appreciated that, and I want to be obedient to my pastor, but I also knew that God had to tell me that. The Holy Spirit had to tell me that. And finally, in September of 2013, it was either the Holy Spirit. No, I know it was the Holy Spirit. Because I, I finally went up to him and I said, yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready to march in there, my whole family and I. And since then, we haven't looked back. But God gave us a dream, and he released the potential that we had. We, we could have been fine sitting at, at Foothill Christian and, and, and go, Pastor Steve, go, Rachel, you're amazing on worship, and, and been their biggest uh, cheerleaders. But God has given you a dream, a plan for each of you. Amen. And it's to release that potential. Amen. 
Here's the other thing I've learned. If you never move out of your comfort zone, you will never fully realize the potential that was always there. If you never move out of your comfort zone, you will never fully realize the potential that God already had given you. And we see that in our children as parents. We see that we have some gifted young people in our church. And uh, I know in the Napa church as well. And when you see that, it's like, wow, their future is bright. Their future is bright. And it's amazing the potential that God has given each of us. The, the letter E for the word dream stands for encourage. A dream will encourage you. It should excite you. It should get you up in the morning. It should help you to put a, a dance in your step in the morning. Amen? It, it should put a smile on your face. It should put joy in your heart and your spirit. How many feel like me today? Encouraged. Amen? Yeah. Encourage. Encourage. Amen. It will put joy in your spirit. And as you look forward to the day that your dream is fulfilled, it will encourage you. It will keep encouraging you, even when you're going through times that aren't encouraging. Because how many know everybody here will go through times that are not encouraging? And then this is what I'm getting to when I talk about that. The A in dream stands for it affects prevailing attitude. Affects prevailing attitude. When you have a dream, there will be people, possibly even your best friends, that will affect your dream possibly with their attitude. And what do I mean by that? Orville and Wilbur Wright, when they proposed to, to make this flying machine, you know that there were people out there telling them it can't be done. It's never been done. It will never be done. It can't happen. We weren't meant to fly. And there's always naysayers around us. Joseph had the same thing in his life, the dreamer. Joseph was in prison. He was in prison. Now, he had been given a dream by, by the Lord God, and here he is sitting in prison. Do you think at that moment he thought his dream was being fulfilled? No. He, he was like, Lord, where, where did I go wrong? Um, but, but he knew to be faithful. He knew to continue to believe in that dream. So what do you do when affecting attitudes are prevailing against you? What do you do? Well, you, you reach out to those around you. You begin to encourage them. Amen? Amen. You begin to, to remind them that uh, they have a dream. You begin to support them. Amen? Now, when I, when I first began uh, pursuing uh, ministerial studies through Global University, um, that was part of what I had felt years before when I first got saved, I, I honestly felt that call, but I totally ignored it. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to have nothing to do with that because I didn't know anybody like that. Uh, I didn't grow up in a pastor's home or didn't know pastors, but I felt that at that time because uh, the word and what distinguished myself, I think, from a lot of people was I just soaked it up. I soaked up as much as I could, and I looked around, and I realized not everybody's doing that. That's because God had given me a dream in here and said, this is where I want to take you, but I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. I was content where I was at. And, and so then I had this dream that I would begin to pastor a church with Anna. During that process, during that time of ministerial studies, I, I'm looking at the future. I didn't know it was going to be American Canyon. None of us know where our future holds. Or All we know is that the Lord holds our future. Amen. 
And, and so then I, I saw myself preaching to a full church. I've had dreams where the church was filled. The Lord has shown me that. And I didn't know how it was going to be done. I was going, well, who's going to do worship? <laughs> who's, who, how are we going to pay for this? And all the questions that you begin to ask yourself. And, uh, but how many know at the end of the day, the Lord makes it all possible? Yeah. The Bible says that to him who believes, all things are possible. I believe that with all my heart. Amen? Sometimes, again, you have to remove yourselves from that little pond to have a bigger vision. You have to jump out there in that ocean and and surround yourself with those that have bigger dreams that would encourage you today. In other words, we have to quit dreaming small and dream big. Look at your neighbor and tell him, quit dreaming small. Now look at your other neighbor and tell him, Dream big. Dream big. Amen. And again, it doesn't matter if you're young here, if you're a a teenager or if you're a grandparent in here. Dream big. We serve a mighty God. And then the M in dream stands for motivate you. A dream will motivate you. How many know that's the truth? When you've been given a dream, a vision, God will motivate you to accomplish that. You won't be content sitting there on your couch, watching Netflix for eight straight hours. doesn't matter how good the program is. Let, let me share a little example. A study was done, they say, in Germany with rats. Okay? Those don't like rats. I just saw your faces right now. And the first group of rats, they were fed every day. Just, they were given food right away. They didn't have to work for their food. And then they had a second group of rats in this study, and they put them in a maze to get to their food. And every day they would change the location of that food. So these rats had to work for their living for, for, to get fed. And they discovered at the end of this study that the second group of rats lived six months longer than the first group of rats. And that's a lot of years in, in, in human years or in rat years, okay? A lot of years. And the point of that is that we can't just sit there and do nothing. We have to be busy doing things. We have to be busy occupying our mind. And I got a great example of that in my dad right here. And give my dad a big hand here today. My mom and dad are here with us. This man, and I love to always brag about him because that's how it should be, you know. Uh, He's going to be 84 years old next month. 84 years old. And the man is still climbing on roofs sandblasting, doing all this crazy stuff that no 84-year-old man should be doing in his right mind. And we tell him, me and my brother, tell him, don't do that. But he doesn't know anything else. That's how he rolls. That's what he does. That's how he lives. And so he's taught us that. And, and that's really what you and I need to do is we need to spring into action. Yeah. Don't just sit there and live your life thinking, well, I guess one day it'll get better. I guess one day things will change. I guess one day it'll all come together and I'll be a happy person. Doesn't work that way. You got to go out and you got to do your part. Amen? Amen? Let me just give you some other people that have done amazing things. And here's, here's the thing, though. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Let me remind you all that at 52 years of age... Ray Kroc started a hamburger place called McDonald's, 52 years of age. At age 61, I love this name, Momofuku Ando invented ramen cup of noodles. I mean, how many love ramen cup of noodles? At 65 years of age, 
Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Finger Licking Good Chicken. Amen. At 66 years of age, Noah Webster completed his American Dictionary. At 77 years of age, John Glenn went into space. At 81 years of age, Bill Painter reached the 14,400-foot summit of Mount Rainier. And then I just mentioned my dad, who's going to be 84. Just incredible. I haven't yet hit my prime. Neither have you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, we haven't hit our prime. It's looking good for us right now. It's exciting. You should be excited today. It doesn't matter how old you are. And I don't see anybody in here that hasn't hit their prime yet. It's going to get better. Amen? Now, real quick, and, and we're going to finish up. I have just five quick points I want to give to you this morning. Number one. There will be times when your circumstances are inconsistent with your dreams. Again, I reference Joseph sitting in the, in the jail in prison going, Lord, I thought you gave me a dream. Here I am stuck in prison and here he is stuck and, and his dream seems so far away. His dream seems so far away, yet he was thrown in there. Don't let your present circumstances chase your dream away. Don't let your present circumstances reduce your life. Don't settle. Don't give up. Or you can believe that God can, can provide the way. The Bible says that God will provide, provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it, endure it. And, and I believe that he's going to follow through on your dreams. You just got to remain faithful. Amen? Amen? Number two, never allow circumstances to change your dream that God has placed in your heart. And that's what I mean by settling. You can settle. Well, God, I thought by now I would have this. How many have ever said that? I thought by now I would have that. And you can settle for something that is entirely out of God's will for your life. And then you can be happy, but in the end, it wasn't God's will for you. It wasn't God's desire for you. Um, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says the following, For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. Everybody say, wait for it. For it it will certainly come. It will not delay. Your dream will come to pass if you hang in there. Just hang in there, amen? And then our third point is, dreams will demand integrity. Ooh, dreams will demand integrity. Be careful because you will be encouraged to take shortcuts through that dream. You might want to take a shortcut. God will challenge you. Your neighbor will challenge you. But we have to be careful. Morality and integrity should always be our moral compass. How many know that? Amen? Now, Joseph and Potiphar, great example in this story. Joseph the dreamer. How many remember he was caught in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife had an eye on him, said, ooh, that mighty young man, he's a fine-looking young man, and I want to get my hands on him. And what did she say? She was chasing after him this one day, and he, being a moral man, ran out the door, but unfortunately he wasn't as fast as Usain Bolt, and she grabbed his cloak, a piece of clothing, and, and in turn turned him in and said, look, this, this slave was trying to make sport of me, the New King James Version says, or trying to, trying to go after me. And so, but he was smart enough to run. Did you catch that? He ran. He didn't just, well, I don't know. He ran. He took off. One of the things that we have to be careful with is always be a person of integrity. Yes. Even what it means is, 
is, is when nobody's looking, that's when integrity really shows up. Amen. When nobody's looking. For example, the other day, um, Anna and I were supposed to do counseling for this couple. And uh, they were supposed to come to our house. And Anna had texted me, couldn't be there. She was running late at Napa at her job. And so I was expecting two people. I thought, it'll be fine. And then at 6.30, they show up, or she showed up. And then I stopped her right at the door. I said, "Um, my wife's not here right now. My kids aren't here right now. And you're here by yourself. your, Your husband didn't come. I can't help you today. And I explained to her, I can't have you come in. As a, as a man of God, as a person with integrity, we have to stop right here. And she totally understood that. And because she understood that, we rescheduled for another time. But how many know you have to have integrity? Yeah. You have to have a moral compass. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what others believe about you. It's about what you believe about yourself. Amen. Stick to that. The, the world can say all sorts of crazy things about you and I. Don't pay him attention as long as you know what, that you're doing what is right. How many have learned that in life? Amen. Now, with your dreams, I often see that dreams fall apart for a couple reasons. Number one, we quit believing in God. We give up. We settle. We quit believing in God. Say, Lord, I guess that wasn't meant for me. And so we quit believing in God. Or number two, which is followed right after believing in God, is we quit believing in ourselves. We quit believing in ourselves and, the, and we fall short of that dream that God birthed in us. I'm here to remind you this morning, God has given you a dream. Yes. Hold on to that. Stick to it. Amen. Yes. And then our fourth point, help others with their dreams while you wait for their dream or your dream to come true. Help others with your dream. You can be sitting here today saying, Pastor Rick, I haven't seen anything happen with my dream this last year. God told me this was going to happen. God showed me this was going to take place in my life. But I haven't seen nothing happen for a year, two years, three years. I want to remind you today, God has not given up on your dream. But what he's asking you to do is encourage the person around you with their dream. Help them out. Be an encouragement to the one right next to you. You never know what they're going through where they need just that simple word. Or just that simple hug, just that simple touch to know, hey, I'm here for you. Amen? Encourage someone. Let me ask you a question today. Who are you helping with their dream? Who are you helping with their dream? I'm so thankful that Pastor Stephen Foothill Christian Napa has always been supporting our dream here. Has always been there for us every step of the way. And each of you should have somebody that you can support and encourage And if you don't, look for them today. Look for that person today, amen? Amen. I want to invite our worship team up here. We're going to close with a song as as I get ready to close this morning. How many still believe in the dream? Amen? Amen. What dreams are made of, um, I, I can't not finish without saying that God has a plan. He has a plan for you. I'm so... I hate to use this word, but it's so true. I'm so anal when it comes to these types of things. Well, speaking about plans, about being specific. I write things out. It's just what I do at work. I, I, I deal with numbers. So numbers that you have to write things down or you memorize them. And so I get to 
I, I get to do that. And it's been my habit of writing things out, a plan. I did that with my wife, Anna. I, I planned it out. I said, Lord, I want a woman that's this high, that's, does, that loves to sing, that loves your, your presence, that loves to worship. And God gave me exactly her. I, I prayed for houses that I've bought. And I prayed exactly. And I wrote it out in detail. I prayed for this church. And God's given us that. You have to have a plan. And the word plan, just real quick, P, pray for it. Starts with prayer. Pray for it. L, lay it out. Lay it out. Right here. Lay it out. Right here. A, act it out. We have to put things in motion. It's not going to happen with you just sitting there. You have to act upon it. And then N, navigate it out. Navigate it out. God's still counting on you to fulfill that purpose, that dream in your life this, this afternoon. Amen? That was for free right there. That wasn't even on your outline. Okay. Let's get to our final and fifth point. A dream produces discipline. Yeah. Say that with me. A dream produces discipline. Yes, there, there's a young man here. I'm just going to pick on him because he's my cousin, right? And he's a football player. And, he, and he, because he's a football player, he's disciplined. Let's give Trey a big hand over here. He's disciplined, right? And you cannot be a football player unless you're disciplined. You can't be a basketball player if, unless you're disciplined. You can't be a baseball player. Well, you name it, you have to be disciplined if you're going to be any good. Am I right? Yes. Finally, I'm right. All right. But a dream produces discipline. We have to learn to become disciplined in our life. We can't just be spending five hours at home on social media every day, on Twitter, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on Facebook, on this, on that. There's nothing wrong with, with spending time on social media, but you can't do those things at the expense of the plan of the dream God has for you. Amen? God's given you a dream that requires discipline. Real quick, when David was a shepherd, he was a shepherd, young boy out in the fields. And, and you know, remember the story how he, he ended up fighting Goliath and, and becoming such a champion of faith. But in the, in the fields, he was training for reigning. Did you know that? He was with the rocks. And he was sharpening his skills in the field. His dream wasn't yet ready to be fulfilled. He was writing psalms out. Can you imagine this young teenage boy, probably 12 years old, 13 years old, writing psalms out already in the field. Lord, you know, as the deer panteth for water. You know, all these wonderful psalms that, that are written in psalms. And here he was training for reigning for his mission. God hadn't called him yet into ministry, but when he was called... When that dream was ready to be fulfilled, he was ready. He was ready. A dream produces discipline. He was doing the things that would serve him well in ministry. Now, there will be seasons in your life that will produce sorrow, that will produce hurt. Maybe your best friends may hurt you. Maybe people will desert you. And there will be seasons of that. Everybody, every one of us have that happen. But God has not stopped your dream. He's not saying, yeah, forget it. You're, you're not worth it. See, you're valuable to him. He values your dream. Hold on to that dream. If he's birthed a dream in you, hold on to it. I want to remind you of that today. Our dream is 
is just in process right now. This is part of that dream. But each of you have a dream that God wants to take you on. Amen? Amen. Do something with your life. Do something that is significant. Wouldn't that be amazing if we here sitting here today would be the next president of the United States, the next governor of California? Uh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. Or the next star running back in the NFL? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. You never know. All of you have potential. Every single one of you. Jesus, stand with me this morning. We're going to close in, in this time of worship, but Jesus is looking at our generation and he sees this generation that's, that's not living their dream, that's forsaken their dream, that has given up on their dream. It's not pursuing that dream that he once birthed in them. Hopefully that's not you here today. Hopefully today God has reminded you he gave you a dream. Hold on to it.